Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly biography show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. After four decades of running a small business called Arkansas Flag and Banner and now simply called flagandbanner.com, my team and I decided to create a platform for not just me, but other business owners and successful people to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. Originally, we thought we'd be teaching others, but it didn't take us long before we realized that we were the people learning. Listening to our guests has been both educational and inspiring. To quote the Dalai Lama, when you talk, you're only repeating what you already know. But if you listen, you may learn something new. The act of listening is learning. As Greek philosopher Diogenes once wrote, we have two ears and one tongue so that we may listen more. After listening to over 300 successful people share their stories on our show, I've noticed some reoccurring traits. Most of my guests believe in a higher power, have the heart of a teacher, are creative because business is creative, and they all work really hard. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to let you know if you miss any part of today's show, want to hear it again or share it, there's a way, and Son Gray will tell you how. All UIYB past and present interviews are available at Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, Facebook page, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette's digital version, flagandbanner.com's website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just ask your smart speaker to play Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And by subscribing to our YouTube channel or flagandbanner.com's email list, you will receive prior notification of that day's guest. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you again, Gray. My guest today is a honeybee expert. Mr. Jeremy Bemis, with a last name like Bemis, it seems he was predestined for this type of work. His family business, Bemis Honey Bee Farm, is the largest beekeeping supply store in Arkansas. They sell honeybees, everything needed to keep honeybees, and offer beekeeping classes online and in person. They also host the popular Arkansas Honey Bee Festival and B-Day, which is coming up soon. We'll tell you all about it. It was over 30 years ago that Father Tracy Bemis purchased the southeast Little Rock land and founded Bemis Tree Farm. Jeremy still works and lives on his father's tree farm land, but in true entrepreneurial spirit, he and his wife Emily have expanded the operation. By, in 2013, they founded Bemis Honey Bee Farm, complete with a honey bee retail store. It is my great pleasure to welcome to the table honeybee aficionado, tree farmer, and stump grinder, and entrepreneur, Mr. Jeremy Bemis. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Y'all, he's six feet five. I know this is radio. You got to know he's six feet five. He's leaning down to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely lifestyle. This sounds like tree farms, honeybees. Well, besides the heat and the bee stings, it's not too bad. How many bee stings have you had? <laughs> uh, you stop counting after a little bit. Most of the time you get desensitized to it. So usually it's on your hands, wrists, behind the gloves. They always get you. I've only had one time where I got stung so many times, like I'm, I quit. <laughs> Tried to be I'm hospitalized? Away. No, but it, it kind of gets your, get your heart running a little bit fast. So mm-hmm. you just go sit down and you can, take a break. You can be hospitalized yes you can you got to be careful but most people are not allergic to honeybees so most people think they're they've been stung by a wasp or a hornet or something and they they had a lot of reactions but bees are a different type of poison so you know those little bees that are like in a bush that are a little small they're not bumblebees or little bitty bees and and they're like up in your azaleas and stuff in the in the spring and summer are those honeybees Uh, probably not no and like if your dog rustles them out and takes off running they chase him down the street yeah uh, what are those those are probably um uh, there's there's thousands of oh of types of bees in arkansas even so there's only one type of honeybee uh, but there's there's a lot of them burrow in the ground make their nest oh. in the ground so it's probably something like that 
I know food crop farming is really hard. Is tree farming hard too? Because this all started because your daddy is a tree farmer because he fell in love with a woman from Arkansas. He's really from the sea. He's a Michigan man. Yes. Okay, so tell us how, let's go to the very beginning and tell us how it all started. So my mom is from uh, Gers Ferry is where she's from. And um, there's the old soldiers reunion, like a fair type thing. I thought it was in Heber Springs. It is. Didn't you say she's from? She's from Gers Ferry, but it's just across the lake. So um, she went over there for that, the old soldiers, the, it's like a fair type thing. They have rides and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, So my dad actually worked for a company in Michigan that sold the Big John tree transplanters. So those are actually produced in Heber Springs, Arkansas, and they ship them all over the world. Still? Still, yes. Big John tree transplanters. So we move big trees. We can go up to 30-foot tall trees. So we've got a big truck that goes over. It's got this big machine that folds off the back. Up to how tall? Well, uh, 30 feet is about as high as we go. So some people do bigger than that, but we found they don't. And your dad well. sold not trees, but the equipment. To- he worked for the company that sold the equipment. So I think he was like 18 or 19. So this is back before all the licenses. And so you could drive a big truck and be a kid. Um, so he. They, oh, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> so he would come down and pick up the machine from Big John and then drive it to whoever bought it. And then he'd teach them how to run the machine. So he met my mom while he was here waiting for the machine to be ready. At the they, uh, Old Soldiers Reunion in yeah. Huber Springs. So that's how they met, and they just kept in contact. Moves her to Michigan? They actually did move to Michigan. She made it a couple of years, and um, the story I was told that my older brother was born in Michigan, and it was a really bad winter, and she dropped him, and he went sliding through the snow, and she, <laughs> he was fine. Nothing happened to him. So, But that was uh, the last straw but for her. She, <laughs> she picked him up. She thought, I'm moving to Arkansas. You can come with me if you want or not. So uh, I'm leaving. So oh, my she God. I don't blame her. So as soon as they moved here, he was like, well, all I've ever done is run these tree spade trucks. So he looked in the paper or phone book or whatever for tree spade trucks, and there was one in Arkansas, and he called him up and said, do you need somebody to work for you? And he said yes. And went Tree spade trucks? That Big John tree transplanter. So, so he didn't move to Arkansas and work for Big John. Why didn't he just work for Big John here in Arkansas? Well, so he, they were building them, so that was a different type of work than what he, – oh. he was actually using the tree spades. So he was teaching people how to run them and how to dig trees and how to actually operate the tree spades. You so there what? they just build them. Long yeah. story short, they, they had dealers back then, so oh, you worked for that dealer. So oh, that I dealer see. was responsible for moving them. Oh, so they've, I see. They've done away with the dealers now, so they're doing it differently now but that's mm-hmm. so he got a job on a tree farm is it he, happened to be the same tree farm he owns it now? is yes yeah so, so the guy oh cute. the guy had just planted the farm so it was not that old so he um, he had just bought the tree spade truck to move the trees and my dad was really the only person that ever ran that truck so it was actually an 85 model truck and that was the first big truck i learned how to drive so and i actually ran the truck for a couple of years how old were you i was i was an 87 model that's what my dad said how old were you oh you were so, how old were you uh, i was uh 20 i think when i started driving the truck too. so you grew up on this farm mm-hmm. that so you're living five, on now yeah i was five when we bought it did your mom home did you go to school or did you homeschool back then or? no we went to school there's school just i don't know 10 minutes down the road because your farm's actually in the city limits isn't it we're outside the city limits but we're in the planning district whatever mm-hmm. they call that so we're actually in a little rock address but we are outside the city limits so so what does a tree farm do christmas trees haul uh, trees sell them to nurseries we, we're about half wholesale, half retail, um, so it's mainly landscape trees, so oaks, maples, red buds, things like that. So we actually come out and plant them in your yard. So we're one of the few places that you can actually come and pick the tree that you want that's in the ground. We will dig it up and come put it in the ground at your house. I mean, love that. Service is a dying, dying uh, industry. Well, what's, want, what's different know. about the trees is like our, our oldest tree, our biggest tree we sell is about almost 30 feet tall and it's probably 10 to 12 years old. So we planted it 12 years before that. So that it's, is so, that's a slow crop. It is. So, <laughs> uh, uh, so do you harvest every year though something? Uh, yeah, we always plant. I mean, we're You're like planting I said, and come. harvesting all the time. Yes, yeah. We've, we have not done a very good job since COVID. Just everything's been so crazy. So we, we are behind that. On gonna, planting or on harvesting? On planting trees in the field. So well, that, why would COVID make you behind? It just, everything just went 
crazy. Couldn't get employees? I, it was that. and um, How many employees uh, do you need an acre? Oh, we've got, um, right now, total, there's seven or eight of us. That's so, including the family. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Why do you, why did COVID slow you down? I, just uh, equipment was hard to get and baskets and liners were hard to get and the people started uh, people started doing a lot more stuff at home themselves so it just everything just shifted around so it was weird so we when covid started we had three businesses what we still do so we have the bees we have the trees and then stumps so the tree farm died like soon as they announced covid the tree farm went dead so we had very little work to do the stump grinding went through the roof so everybody i guess was cleaning up their yards so we we moved people from tree planting to grinding stumps and then the bee store, um, our bee sales went down, but the uh, the uh, volume of the sale went up. So the cost of sales went up. So basically, uh, we couldn't have classes. So we have a lot of classes every year. So we teach people how to put the equipment together and how to paint it and what to do with it. And uh, so they couldn't come out to classes. So instead of buying a broke-down kit that they would take home and put together themselves, they wanted it all painted and assembled and completely ready to use. Oh. So we... We had less sales, but the sales were bigger, so we had to we had to put a lot more stuff together um, for people. So wow. it was we we did fine. I mean everything yeah. So everything went flowed fine, but then after the bee season stopped, then the tree farm got real busy. So what an then, entrepreneur! Did people get really into bees during COVID, like they did gardening and all the other it, stuff? It didn't seem to. We've had a steady growth. I mean, okay. people have been interested in the bees all all along so there's been a growth but cool um and it wasn't as much COVID as it was uh, we had that huge flood um so that that and then followed by the winter the horrible winter uh, we had so the uh, if you remember there's that little sloth that went through arkansas that got down to like i don't remember what it was two degrees or zero oh, degrees. this last december well it was two years ago oh, okay. two winters ago oh, that, it happened two years in a row i kind of forgot that so we well, it was the one that had the huge snow. So we, the, we oh, blizzard. that was yeah. the blizzard. Yes. Yeah, that was, that so was a February. February twenty one. Mm-hmm. So we were in the little sloth. So we actually had over two feet of snow at the Ooh. farm, and it was just freezing. So it killed a bunch of stuff. I bet. We, all, we had a lot of young plants that died. I bet they just didn't. It just stayed too cold too long. So that the flood, and then followed with that, that that killed as many trees as as anything. So that trying to regroup from that, and then with How'd COVID, you keep it was, the bees alive. They they do a pretty good job of maintaining themselves. We did lose some because of the cold, but if you have if you have a strong hive, they'll they'll maintain. Strong hive, so. that's not something you say every day. <laughs> uh, best tree farm in Arkansas. The only thing better than the quality is the unmatched service. I love that statement on your website because I think that we're going to see everybody move back to service-oriented and pay for it. Just like you exactly said, you put these kits together because they wanted the service and you up and you paid and you charged more and people were willing to pay it. I think you are exactly right. You know, the cheap price is really nice until you have to assemble that IKEA stuff. <laughs> then, you're right. like, and then you're like, why did I buy this right. IKEA stuff? Mm-hmm. Maybe I should have just bought the fully assembled piece of furniture right yeah <laughs> we've, had, we've had a few people buy so i could put it all together no problem oh, they'll, sure, they'll yeah. come back a few days later and it's like yeah. I, I need to change this oh. <laughs> so it's not hard to put together but it does take it does take time yeah all right this is a great place to take a break when we come back we'll continue our conversation with mr jeremy bemis founder along with his wife emily of bemis honeybee farm in little rock arkansas still to come the life of a bee farmer are you interested in being a bee hobbyist um, are murder hornets a threat to Arkansas bee population? Why are bees important? And yes, there is an Arkansas Honey Bee Festival and Bee Day. We'll find out more when we come back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the Internet and rebranded her company as simply flagandbanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016, branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast.
In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. The flagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. You're listening to Up in Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Jeremy Bemis, second generation tree farmer and founder of Bemis Honeybee Farm. How did the idea for a bee farm come about? So, when we bought that property behind us, um, we like, well, we've always wanted to do Christmas trees. So, it's like, well, we'll do choose and cut Christmas trees. So, we trying to figure out how to lay it out. We actually started remodeling the hangar for the store for the Christmas trees. So it's like, well, if you're going to do Christmas trees, we need to round off the season and we'll do pumpkins. So we'll have a pumpkin patch. So just the whole agritourism thing, that that was really getting big then. Mm -hmm. So we were were going for that. And uh, so we planted some pumpkins, and um, there's something in the ground that made little bumps on the pumpkins. It's a fungus or something. I don't remember what it was called. So we're trying to figure out with that. So can you guess what the number one reason why pumpkins don't grow? They don't have bees. They don't have bees. They need oh, pollinators. So my you need gosh. so pumpkins and the, a lot of those types of crops, gourd crops, they uh, produce very little nectar and pollen. And uh, so bees do everything on a grading scale. So they want the best and most prolific nectar and pollen sources that they can find. So to get pumpkins to get be pollinated, you have to just basically flood the area with um, bees. So honeybees are the only insect that we can really manage like that, much less getting a food from, so honey. So I looked around trying to figure out, well, who could I get to bring out bees? So apparently that's a thing. You can actually hire people to bring out bees. So I looked around, couldn't find anybody. So looked at all of it, and I'm just going to buy some bees and do it myself. So uh, tried finding equipment, and there wasn't anybody real close to us. And so I ended up ordering stuff online like most people do, and uh, tried and tried to get some education so i found a class so i took that and got some bees and somebody said well you should just sell the equipment yourself you can just sell it in the store like well okay sure so made a few calls got some bees ordered and it's like if we're going to sell equipment we're going to have to teach people to keep bees because that was that was a hard there's a learning curve that you have to get past and that was a hard thing we were having ourselves to figure out how to keep them alive and um it's like, well, we'll do some classes, and so I found somebody that helped teach some classes. And were they in Arkansas? They were in Arkansas. Well, so there you go. He, he actually, it's Richard Underhill. Uh, he still comes out and teaches classes with us. Um, so one thing led to another. Um, never could get the dang pumpkins to grow. <laughs> <laughs> Had a hard time with the Christmas trees. the The ground I was trying to put them in was too wet, so we were having trouble with the fungus with all the water. And um, by farming time, is hard. It, it is so and it was new ground so we never had trees planted on it so we were working on drainage and all that and so the whole time we're just steadily having more classes and more bees and more equipment and so we finally got ready to actually sell some pumpkins we did it one year and decided like i don't we don't know what to do with our bee customers while we're trying to deal with the pumpkins and the christmas trees so we we just scrapped it and went with the bees <laughs> so what are you doing so. with that land now we are um, i'm actually wanting to plant pecan trees on it so for a different direction altogether but, for your children uh yeah uh, hopefully it'll be my retirement project because yeah that takes a long time to grow so a pecan it takes tree. about 30 years to get them in production wow so we've started planting a few but we're we're working on we're still trying to clean up some of the land and um we've we've started doing flooding better though right pecans do it don't they deal with flooding better uh, yeah, but we don't really flood a whole lot. It's just our our ground's heavy, so it just holds oh, the see. water. Okay. So it's actually just getting out there to gotcha. work them and all that kind will of they, stuff. Will so. it do okay with that? I hope so. <laughs> because, you know, pecan trees <laughs> are all years. over right. New Orleans and the Delta area, so yeah. you're probably right. Great. Now, you ought to know that. Well, they like Jeremy. a sandier ground than what we have. Oh. So, but we, we do have some planted, and they do, they do fine. That's why they like the Delta. It's sandier. Yes. So. Good silt. Uh, talk about the bee population. Are they endangered? Um, they are making a comeback. Um, so there's a pest called a varroa mite, uh, which is killing our bees way more than chemicals and all that kind of stuff that always gets the news attention. Um, so that came back in the 80s, early 90s is when that that uh, parasite came in. Um, so our bee population went from 6.1 million down to like 1.6 million, I think, is what it went down to. Um, so we are on the rise. I think we're 2 million-something hives in the country now. 
Um, so we are coming back up a lot because of backyard beekeepers, people keeping bees in their backyard. But um, our losses, I think we're at nationally 42%, I think is what God, the last was. That losses seems that seems every large. Year. It is. So you're, you're constantly building and replacing and trying to keep your bee population growing. But bee, but honey ought to be This like, is all just honeybees, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah just honeybees. It seems like bee, honey ought to be like $25 a bottle at that loss rate. It, it has gone up with everything else. Everything seems to be going up. Um, what about murder but, hornets? I don't – knock on wood. I'm hoping we don't have to worry about murder hornets. Do we have them in Arkansas? No, I think they've only been seen in Washington, D.C., I think is where yeah, it was. Yeah, the – the ones that were in the news last year, the one, they've only uh, Washington State, state okay, because Washington I think they state. they came from Asia and so they were accidentally imported or something like that yeah. from the from, oh, to the West Coast. Yeah, but, so they they were keeping a pretty close eye on it. Mm-hmm. So there was only a couple. I think they found them and eradicated them. So hopefully they're not coming hornets. around. But those are different than the hornets that you see and the wasps that get into honeybee hives typically, right? Correct, yeah. yeah. So most of those are carnivorous, so they're actually going in to eat the bees themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, so the murder hornets, they're just a lot bigger. Um, and they actually, the where they came from, the bees have found a way to kill them. Um, so mm. they, but it's pretty nasty. Because so, <laughs> like, I think like six or seven of those hornets can take down 40 or 50,000 bees. And that's... And they rip their heads off. Yeah, they, they chew them to death. And the bees can't, they can't attack them enough to kill them. So what they actually do is they'll actually swarm the hornet. Um, so when, so side note, so when bees are in the hive in the winter, they mm-hmm. just get in this cluster. They just get in a ball, and um, they basically run in place. So instead of flying, they unclip their wings. They, their wings will unclip, and they can sit by their side. And they fly their wings, except they're not going anywhere. That's how they produce heat to keep the hive warm. So that's why they make honey is to have food for energy to do this to survive through the winter. So anyway, so when the murder hornet comes in, what they found is the bees basically just ball the murder hornet and then start doing this and basically cook it alive. They kill all the bees that are in this ball, but it kills the hornets also. It's so metal. It's so cool. Metal. It's so cool. Because <laughs> you so think like they're going to sting it or something like bees do, but yeah, they cook it alive in a little bee oven that they make out of their own bodies it's so crazy yeah so it's it's pretty nasty but great you sure do know a lot about i'm getting well i was telling him before we started my husband took an apiculture class in in college and then you know i'm a gardener so like you kind of they go hand in hand why are bees important to gardeners and stuff well so the crop structure that we have so we have miles and miles of crops Um, so bees are the only insect that we can move around like that for pollination purposes Um, it's like the almond run you've probably heard of the almond run in california Um, so i think each almond flower has to be pollinated by seven different bees to produce one almond i think is what it is whoa how do we Um, even get almond milk with those kind of statistics your statistics are blowing me away i've heard it also takes like a gallon of water per almond or something like that yeah Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not your part. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, um, <laughs> Different but, crops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the majority of the bees we have in the country almost all go to California for the almond run um, to pollinate all the almonds. So Don't they like put them on flatbed trucks and like drive do. them out yeah, and then drive them out when they're done? Yeah, drive them out, drive them in, drive, drive them, them out. Drive them into the field, they pollinate, and then they close them up and drive them away. Where yeah. do they go? Other farms. Back to wherever they came from, usually. So. Do you ever send any of your bees no, out? No, no. We don't have near enough hives to do all that so um, bees so. have a lot of income opportunities you can sell the honey you can transport them around so you can use them to pollinate other crops mm-hmm. there's wax beeswax and products <gasps> from the wax so chapsticks oh, yeah. and lipsticks and all sorts of things they, they do for cosmetic and you just wax. do the honey and the pollination for your Mainly what we do is the equipment. Oh, Um, you do. So we actually sell the supplies and then um, we sell the bees. Retailer. Yeah. Um, I tell people in our classes that when you get bees, you need to plan on doing one thing. So you either do honey or you're going to sell bees or you're going to do cosmetics where you need the wax. Um, So one bee will produce a twelfth of a teaspoon of honey in her lifetime, her lifetime. God, um, that's nothing. And then it takes 10 pounds of honey to produce one pound of wax. So if you're wanting to go for wax for that type of stuff, then you pretty much use a lot of your hive's resources to produce the wax to steal it. So you don't have much left for honey. So Now, of course, if you get hundreds or thousands of hives, you can have some doing one thing and some doing the other. And 
you can how many acres would hundreds of thousands of hives take uh, not as much as you think. Really? So, um, so again, so back to our crop structure that we have. So the uh, honeybee will travel up to three miles away from their hive to pollinate, uh, which most insects that we have, pollinating insects, uh, we have a lot of native bees that pollinate. And they actually do a much better job of pollinating than the honeybee does. Uh, but they're typically nest in the ground. Um, and they don't go much more than 100 yards away from the hive. And they're specialized, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. So again, the honeybee is really not the best pollinator for the plants it's that we versatile. have, but it's very yeah. versatile. Mm-hmm. So, you can put them on a crop, and they will go miles. So, three miles away from the hive is ninety-six square miles, I think. Um, so that's a lot of that's a lot of ground. So you can put a whole bunch of hives in one spot, and they can go out. Uh, How do you pollinate <laughs> yours? With what kinds of do you use clover, or or do you even care about that? It's like you're on your own. Go find something. Yeah, you want or them to go find stuff. find their own stuff. I mean, you the do? more they can work and more flowers they can get and bring back, the more balanced diet they'll have. Um, and honey will taste like the nectar they're bringing in. So. Why does it always say clover honey? So bees are uh, monogamous. I think is the right word. So they will one go one person, one mate. Well, uh, for. Mono, monoculturists, not monogamous, sorry. Yeah. Um, they will go out and pollinate one type of plant and bring in that nectar and pollen uh, before they will move on to another one. Oh. So I mentioned earlier that grading scale. They do everything on a grading scale. So if they really like this one type of plant or if that's all that's available, they will work it until they feel like it's done. So you can collect the honey from the hive after they've done all that, and it will be that predominant product but you don't know where they've been because they go 96 square miles well correct but if like almonds for example they're they are taking thousands of hives and putting them in thousands and thousands of acres of almonds so there's really nothing left for them to work other than the almonds oh so these guys that move them around they can put them on a orange field and it'll have it'll probably have some stuff mixed in with it but it'll be predominantly whatever that orange flavored honey so it'll be an orange they can sell that as an orange blossom honey so so when you sell clover. a clover honey, you've pretty much got a clover field Mostly real is. by. Yeah. And yours is just ours would be called wildflower. So oh, if, if okay. wildflowers I don't want to say generic term, but it's basically a generic term. So very broad. It, yeah. It's a, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if it's not one predominant source, then you call it wildflower honey. Talk about the queen and their role. Well she's the she's the queen. What else do you need to know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, there is one queen per hive, so a stack did, of boxes. I mean, is when they hive. when they procreate, do they just have boys, or do they have if they have a girl, they kill it, or what it, is it's it? It's all girls. So uh, oh, everybody's a girl, pretty much. So well, then, how do you get bo- how do you get more ki- more babies? Oh, that's we're going to get complicated quick here. Go for it. So I'm here for um, it. So what? there there are three bees in the hive, three types of bees. So you have the queen, then you have the workers, and then the drones. So the drones are the boys. So then the workers are all female. Um, so ninety to ninety five percent of the hive is going to be female workers. So a queen lays a fertilized egg, and it will become a worker bee. Um, So any worker egg can become a queen with proper care from the other worker bees in the hive. So if the daughters get mad, they can just go get rid of the queen. How do they do that? uh, They ball her and kill her, chew her up, sting her, whatever. Just like us. So. They don't. So what's this? Maybe this isn't bees. I've read that. So there's the whole like royal jelly thing. They take care of. They take care of the the one female and turn her into a queen. Correct. So, so they. So the workers decide that she can be the new queen. Not there's not like a a battle royale between the old and the new or anything like that. Well, so a so so that's kind of two parts. So the when they lay an egg, uh, the difference from a worker to a queen is the number of days it eats the royal jelly. Okay. So they just keep feeding it the royal jelly, right. and that will become a queen. Gotcha. Um, they will typically, if they are trying to oust the queen, they will have multiple queens that they will make. Um, I don't know, ten really? or fifteen. They'll make make multiple ones. Um, and they actually make this bark noise or chirp noise uh, if you can hear it. So in the during the season, so spring and summer, we'll actually have bees in the store, queens in the store for sale, and um, you'll actually hear them every now and then barking back and forth at each other, making this chirp noise. So you can Whoa. actually hear it. So it's pretty interesting. That's crazy. So um, so anyway, so when the first 
virgin queen hatches out, um, she basically makes this chirp noise and says, is anybody else here? I'm, I'm here. So they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm in here, but I'm not done yet. So she's like, oh, where are you? So she'll go over like, oh, I see. And then she'll stab him and kill him. She'll sting him and kill him. So she'll go around and kill all the other ones that have not come out yet. And then she'll go out on her mating flights to go mate with the drones that are out there. Um, so she will go over two miles away from her hive so that she does not mate with any of her brothers that were in that hive. Smart. So, so she has good. good offsprings. Yes. And she gets a bunch of workers. Well, then she will lay the workers. So and she'll come she back and lay. The so she'll go out on one series of mating flights, and then she will stay in the hive the rest of her life. There are a couple instances where she leaves, like a swarm. If you'll see a big ball. I was going to say. So, what's the difference tree. between that, which that, and then the between the swarm. what's that swarm? The well, so this like mating flight versus swarm. Yeah. So the mating flight is she's going to come back to that hive. So her sisters uh, will take care of her and get her ready to start laying eggs. And then, so she comes back and usurps the old queen, basically. Uh, so usually, if that situation, the queen is already gone. Right. So yeah. the old queen's already yeah. gone. So Us- yeah. usurp. Yeah. yeah right. So. Sure. So um, the um, so when the swarm, the old queen will leave to make room for the new queen to come in. She just go off and die. Uh, well, the, their goal would be to go find a new home. Oh, because uh, she what, leaves with a bunch of workers. That's why it's a swarm. Oh, it's a swarm. That's why they're yeah. swarming away. Mm-hmm. She'll take r- roughly sixty percent of the bees with her. Oh, so. oh wow, that's a lot. And they they really just do one two one two. Gosh, and, it seems like we could learn a lot just watching a beehive. You can. They're they're interesting. Health benefits. Are there any downsides to eating honey? Is there anybody uh, that should not eat honey besides babies, one-year-olds? Uh, should correct. Not. Yeah. Well, if you're diabetic, so you have to oh, watch is it the considered sugar. like a sugar too? I I don't know a lot about diabetes, but uh, it is a sugar. So if you have the early, the lower diabetes, you can eat uh, honey instead of sugar and replace it. Um, if you got the more advanced, it's sugar. You're, just, you're not supposed to get it. But your body does digest the honey differently than uh, processed sugars. Okay. So it is it is a better sweetener if you can do it. Do you sell your honey to the big box stores or do you just sell no, it out of your No, we only sell it out of our place. Is so. that the only place you sell your honey? Have yeah. you ever tried to sell it to a big box store? We usually, uh, with our events and classes, and um, I, I was telling Gray that we're, uh, we were on a tour stop. So we had tour groups that would come in and we'd do little talks on bees uh, we usually sell all of it through that through those channels. We didn't have enough to really go out and look for further need to sell. You have it. fifty hives. We're around fifty hives. Yeah. yeah, we're we've been since we've had bees. Well, I guess since our second or third year of having bees, we've been between forty and seventy-five somewhere in there. Usually. How many years have you had bees? Oh, since twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. So you've had it for ten years. Yep. Huh? So. That's nice. All right, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mr. Jeremy Bemis, founder, along with his wife, Emily, of Bemis Honeybee Farm in Little Rock, Arkansas. Still to come, are you interested in becoming a honeybee hobbyist? We'll ask Jeremy how to get started and best practices. And you may want to go to the Arkansas Honeybee Festival or Bee Day coming up soon. We'll find out more about those dates when we come back. All UIYB past and present interviews are available at Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, Facebook page, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette's digital version, flagandbanner.com's website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just ask your smart speaker to play Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And by subscribing to our YouTube channel or flagandbanner.com's email list, you will receive prior notification of that day's guest. Back to you, Carrie. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Jeremy Bemis, second-generation tree farmer and founder of the Bemis Honey Bee Farm. What's the name of your stump grinding business? Stump Busters. Stump Busters. That's a good name. I should be able to remember that. Um, So I want to become a honey bee hobbyist. How do I get started? Uh, You just come out to the store. When's Bee Day? (laughs) Uh, Bee Day is April 22nd this year. So we we usually stick to that same weekend every year. You do? Does it rain? It hasn't. That's good. Don't jinx us. I won't. Uh, So you're open. You can just come out anytime. You're always open or Uh, they're set hours. Monday to Friday, uh, 830 to 430 and Saturday 9 to noon. Really? Mm-hmm. Every day? Six days a week? Mm-hmm. Anytime? Mm-hmm. A lot of time you go out to these farm places that say they have stores and they're really not open. And you'll drive all the way out there and they're like, oh yeah, we didn't open today. <laughs> yeah. well, we, we try to be open. So yeah, if you want to get bees, just I always recommend you take a class, whether it's from us or from somebody else or online. Take, take a class, get an idea of what in the world you're getting into before you dive off and spend you the You do on have online classes. For $12, you can get a 10 classes online. 
which or you can do five dollars a month i saw i don't know that, that's so that's we're we're working on that so um we have our beginner course online we have a, a version of it on there and i think it's ten dollars uh, we are working on a kind of a membership course type thing we're we're not too far into it yet but we've been Jeremy, videoing ten dollars is too cheap i'll just tell you right now well it's we're we started it with covid so it's it's mainly me just rambling oh, on so for hours so <laughs> so i guess it really <laughs> you get is what you pay for well and if you do the t- <laughs> and if you do ten dollars then you get a, then you get to sell them all the stuff yes hopefully so yeah. hopefully they come out yeah but, um we've been with our membership thing we've been uh we've been recording our events for the last i guess two years now so we're trying to get all those up there so you'll get you'll get a lot of information once we kind of get it moving so that's the goal anyway so online classes, what kind of equipment are you going to need it? If I was going to start a bee, start making honey in my backyard, would I need a bee suit? Oh, yes. Yeah, you definitely want to have something at least covering your face. So you'll need, you'll need your woodenware. So you'll need a stack of boxes per hive. Woodenware. That's what, the, that's what the bees live in. So that's your, your boxes and your frames and foundation, all that kind of stuff. But basically their home, their house that they're living in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually recommend you get two hives. Uh, it's easier to manage two. So the more hives you have, the easier it is to manage. Why? They do different things. So, I mean, they're, they're women, so you've you got to <laughs> Multitask. You watch. So um, they, one hive will do something completely different than the hive sitting right next to it. So It's like a woman running a house. Yeah. So if a queen dies, then you have to get a new queen back in there. The hive won't live without the queen. Um, so having multiple hives, you can steal resources or move bees around. You can do different things. Um, so having more hives gives so you more So if a queen dies before you got one on the one in the making, what happens? They will try to make their own. Real um, quick? They will try to make a new one. It's not real, real quick. quick. It takes uh, 16 days from egg to hatch on a queen, uh, and then it takes about another week for her to go mate and then come back and be able to lay eggs. Um, but they, they've only got one shot at it. So once that queen is gone, they have to take those eggs um, and make a new queen out of that. So if, if they don't do it or if there's a problem, then they have no way of making a new queen. So I didn't really understand this when you and Gray got deep into your queen hierarchy earlier, but you were saying that there'll be like six queens in waiting, though? They so like uh, during spring and summer they'll start making extra queens. They only make them if they need a new queen. So if if they feel like the queen they have is getting not sufficient weak. or getting weak, they will make a new one and then get rid of her. Or if they're getting ready to swarm, uh, meaning there's too many bees in that box and they are just going to naturally fix that problem on their own. Um, so sixty percent of those bees will leave. Um, so it, during either of those processes, they will start making a new queen. So and then they will do as many as ten or fifteen. So some seasons they don't maybe make one because they love their queen and yeah, she's the, healthy and yeah. young. So and the goal as a beekeeper, we want we don't want them doing that. Uh, we want to have a good queen. We want them laying eggs and keep moving, lay as many new bees as we can. Love it. So if if we think we need a new queen, then we try to go in and either kill her and give them a new oh. one or start a process of them raising new queens so we try to control that if we can and how do you start it you throw a jelly roll in there no but what do you call it <laughs> the royal jelly jelly roll you we can actually graft them it's called grafting uh, we can go in and pull these little oh, legs like out a tree. kind of yeah so, a little different process but wait what do you mean pull legs out what pull the eggs oh eggs out. i thought he oh, said okay. legs I too i was like legs you pull their legs off that's oh. helpful you can make a hive queenless, meaning you just take a bunch of bees out with no queen, and then you just give them a whole bunch of um, uh, eggs, and uh, you put them in these little cups, call them queen cups, um, and they'll just start raising all of them into new queens if you've done it correctly, which that, that is a talent in itself to be able to do that. Um, so This well, is fascinating. You know, there's so much to it. And it's too much for me to do. <laughs> I would never have this as a hobby. This sounds like the most tedious hobby in the world. It, you can spend a lot of time on it, or you can put them out there and go check them every couple of weeks and just make sure they're doing something and be done with that. So, How long does it take to get your first honey harvest? Usually we recommend the first year don't plan on pulling any honey. Um, so usually it's your second season, so the end of the second season that you have bees. And is it the same for wax if you want to do commercial wax or cosmetic uh, wax? Yeah. So usually a year. your your goal for the first year is to build the comb. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. drawn comb. That's mm-hmm. where they, they actually lay the wax, draw the combs out where it's usable frames uh, for them to just go right in and lay eggs or put honey in. And uh, that, that's your goal for the first year is to get as much of that built as you can. 
so they have a good place to lay their eggs. Uh, biggest mistake people often make? They think it's going to be something they can just throw out there and not have to go look at and do anything with. Um, Until then, they get honey. And yeah, they yeah. just think uh, these flow hives, that, that's caused a lot of problems. So oh. not What's a those, flow hive? Are those real? I know, they, Did they work? I, they, I think they work. I don't, I, oh, okay. I've never well, seen what them. is it? We're all dying to know. What's a flow hive? There's a tap at the bottom. So for honey, so it flows you just out. Turn on the tap and it drips honey out. into your jar yeah. like a faucet. That's my kind yeah. of right. hobby. It sounds like too good to be true. <laughs> it, it is. It so is. They, they're made in Australia, and Australia is the last uh, continent in the world that does not have royal mites, which is our biggest problem we have with bees. So beekeeping there is different than it is here. What are they called? Varroa mites. Varroa. Varroa. Varroa mite. So you have to. So if you if you own them, you need to go out there every day or so and look in and not see. Not every what, day. Uh, once every two to three weeks is. is two to about, three weeks. Oh, yeah. that's not so very. Once much. every two weeks. And is what do good, you do when you go out there and look in there? See if the queen's alive. Basically, you're looking for two things. One, you want to make sure the queen's alive, and then they either have enough space or not too much space. So there's a fine line there that you need to follow. That if, you teach us. Yes. If they're getting too crowded, you need to add another box. And if there's too few bees in the boxes you have, you need to pull a box off. Is the is the simple version of it. I don't want to buy bees, but I want your honey. I can just go out there Monday through Friday and Saturdays before noon, and I can buy your honey. Do you always have honey available, or do you uh, sell we, out? We are out at the moment. Um, oh, so call before. Yeah, well, we have honey. So we um, we actually sell some of our customers' honey. So we do have local honey from our area. It may not be from our particular bees. Um, so we do almost always have honey. <laughs> so you have another business, stump grinding, stump yes. busters, very needed business. There's lots of things like the bee business. The tree business has many offshoots, firewood, mulch, stump grinding, removal. So we, we don't do tree cutting. So we, we come in behind the tree cutters and we'll grind the stump and get it all looking nice. I'm glad because I think trees. that's kind of murder. Well, you got to cut trees down. They they could be some dead or fallen. Some or, of them they just cut down because they want to put in a concrete pad. Well, that's possible too. So that makes me upset. Concrete's ever, nice though. Sometimes it's one nice. of the worst things for the environment. Well, I, I have you read that? that? Yes. What is it, Gray? That it does it. Concrete. Well, there's a high. Uh, it does a lot of things. It absorbs okay. absorbs heat. You know the process of making it. It's really energy intensive. That's what. And it, it's know. got Con- concrete and steel. I think are the yes. two worst things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you so. have you read Shel Silverstein's book, The Giving Tree? <laughs> I, uh, yes, actually, I think I have. Yeah, probably when you're you a should, kid. Like you the rest should of us, read yeah. it to your babies when they get older because you're like, we are living on the Giving Tree mm-hmm. farm. Mm-hmm. It should be there. Hopefully, you take better care of your trees than they do in the. They do. Tree. They're yes, tree yeah, farmers. They take good yeah. care of their trees. All right, this is the last break we're going to take. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mr. Jeremy Bias, a second-generation tree farmer and founder of Bemis Honeybee Farm in Little Rock, Arkansas. Still to come, we're just going to recap how you can buy his honey and what the supplies are to get started in your honeybee factory and the up- upcoming Arkansas Honeybee Festival and Bee Day. We'll be right back. Springtime is Easter season, and next week on Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, we'll have some thoughtful musings about the holiday and about faith in general with Chris Keller. Oftentimes he's been a guest on our program, but maybe never has it been more poignant than to speak with him during the Easter season. Please tune in next week and every week for fascinating guests. Carrie McCoy has interviewed over 300 entrepreneurs and influencers in our community. Every week it's an interesting program, and next week a very timely one with Chris Keller during the Easter season. Here on Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Mr. Jeremy Bemis, second-generation tree farmer, stump buster, and founder of Bemis Honey Bee Farm. When you go to parties, do you walk in and go, and they go, hey, stump buster! <laughs> Because if you were my friend, I would do that every time you walked in the door. That's a good nickname. You have to do the song. I can't sing or I'd sing. What's the song? The, uh, oh, like Ghostbusters? Yes. Ghostbuster. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right, let's recap. Your family has the Bemis Tree Farm and Shrub. Mm-hmm. We did not talk about that on your website. And it boasts best tree farm in Arkansas. The only thing better than the quality is the unmatched service. I am a proponent for service arkansas flag and banner is all about service i think people are going to get tired of cheap prices and cheap service yep. you know 
I know Walmart's changed everything, and I know it's good. I mean, I know, and there's a per- place for it. But you got it, especially with beekeeping equipment. You got to watch what you get online. So mm-hmm. we, yeah. we've had customers; they their bees wouldn't stay in the hive. They kept flying off, and I finally got talking to them, and I think I even ended up going out there at one point. And uh, it's like, you, where'd you buy this stuff? So I bought it online at the at the big place online, and. So well, you need mm. to throw it away and get something oh, different. Oh, really? So they, he, he, finally, he listened to me. He threw it away and got some of the stuff that we sell, and his bees stayed the next time. Do you, so. uh, do you charge for service calls? Yes. Yeah. You yeah. should, yeah. So we, I don't, we don't do too many of them, so it, it's hard to go out and do all that. Yeah, and do everything you do. You know, people want us in the flag business to go out and make service calls, and it is hard to run a business and go out and make service calls because they don't really want to pay what your yeah. time is worth. And my time at, at in the company, working on the company, is expensive. But And they're like, well, will you come out anyway? And I'm like, you really? And when you tell them what your time's worth, they're like, oh. I don't yeah, know. they don't want to pay it. But the, the problem with bees is there's so many different ways to manage them. So my management technique may be different than what you're doing so what you're doing may not be wrong so you ask my opinion it's like well it's like chemicals they're like the mite we've talked about the mite a little bit mm-hmm. it's this bad pest the the easiest and most effective way to treat them is with a chemical so if you're trying to do all organic so a lot of times at the community mm-hmm. gardens they don't want any chemicals out there right it's very difficult to successfully treat for the mites without the chemicals so I, w- I would tell you, well, you got to use the chemical to do this. And I said, well, I don't want to do that. So sometimes that gets into just management practices. So mm-hmm. that, that's hard. You know, part. when it gets bad enough, people will say, okay, I've gone as far as I can go. You've got to come out and you've got to help me. And that's when service is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many places that there's nobody to even call. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're lucky that people can call you and you'll come out. Yeah. Well, in Arkansas, we actually have this um, – it's not the state plant board anymore. The agri. Um, you have the links Department on your website. Yeah, you have the, the links on your website. Okay, the Department of Ag, and they you can actually call them, and they have inspectors that will come out and help you to go through an inspection. That's what they and they do it for free. That's so. great. So talk about B Day that's coming up. What do you do on B Day? So B Day is April twenty second. That's from nine to four. Uh, we'll have food trucks. Uh, we'll at, have at your place. Yes. So um, so this is the pickup day for the bees that we sell. Um, and it's also just the start of the season, so to speak. So spring is when you get started. So usually you you don't need to do splits and make new hives in March because of the cold weather. Um, so usually in April is when you're really getting going with the bees. So uh, we have speakers coming in. We actually have Dr. Dewey Karen coming in from Oregon. Uh, so we're flying him in. Um, so we'll have talks. We'll actually have two talks going on at once all day. Um, so we'll go through how to install package bees or nukes. So if you're getting brand new bees that day, we'll actually take you out to the bee yard and put the bees in the box. So show you how to do it right in front of you. Um, what well, if you're not getting bees? You can just come out and look. I'm you don't say, have to have. Yeah, yeah, it's free. Yeah, it's cool. Gray, I think you need oh to put God. this on your calendar. Yeah, I'm going to come out and watch you watch you place new bees. Yeah. yeah. So we have, uh, we have the classroom. So we'll have talks going on in the classroom and talks in the bee yard. How many people um, come? Um, so B Day, we've held pretty steady around 750 people. Shimani, that's a lot. So it, it, for the last lot. five years, we've pretty well had that. Even through COVID, we were still holding wow. close to those numbers. Um, so that, it's more of the diehard beekeepers that do come to B Day. Um, anybody can come. So we do have some people that are coming for for new. Um, but it's it's more of how to it's deal with the bees. So bee nerds. Yes, it's so. a community. And Love then in that. the fall, uh, it's October. 6th this year it's the first saturday in october um is the arkansas honey festival so that is basically the unofficial end of the season so that's we're going into the winter we're winter's coming up uh, you need to pull all your honey off the hive start your mite treatments and all that kind of stuff so we'll go through how to do that we'll actually show you how to pull honey off the hive and how to extract it and how to treat for mites and what to look for um, and then we have the honey contest. So any Arkansas beekeeper has to be Arkansas honey. You can enter a bottle of your honey in the honey competition. So anybody taste that comes test. through can go through and do a tasting. Oh. So a- anybody that comes can taste the honey. You get one vote. You pick what your favorite honey is. Um, so we actually do a judged portion. So we'll have judges come in. They'll judge there on a criteria. And then we'll have the People's Choice Award. Um, we'll have live bands. Uh, we usually have two or three bands out how there. Many, kids how many activities. people come to that? Uh, Pre-COVID, we actually had over 1,400 uh, at the last one. How Um, successful you are. uh, Last year, which is our first honey festival since COVID, I think we only had about half that. I think we were around seven, 800. That's uh, still pretty good. What are the benefits of honey? 
Um, so if you have allergies, um, there's actually a minute amount of pollen that gets mixed in with the honey. Um, so you can actually get small doses of the pollen to help your body build up immunity. Um, the honey is better for your body than uh, processed sugars, of yeah. course. So um, it, it's good for that. It's good sweetener. It's good sweetener. So uh, what's the be- what's the most interesting tasting honey you've had from Arkansas? Because I've heard of and seen all kinds of crazy stuff from all over the world. Like you're talking about orange blossom honey and stuff. Yeah, um, I I like the little bit darker honey. Um, so the lighter the honey it is, the sweeter it is, uh, but the less. Um, quality less good for you that it is is that the right way to say that less good yeah 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 i'm sure so <laughs> um so the darker the honey the more nutrients and more stuff that's in it but uh, stronger so you actually get more for it so, but it has more of a bitter taste so it's not as sweet stuff from the community garden so tastes like dirt in a good really? way in yeah. a good way but it's very dark yeah yeah it's like, like molasses oh yeah. kind of yeah it's it's real earthy because you know molasses is not sweet it's like sugary but not sweet mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i've yeah I like more of the amber color, kind of the in between. Mm-hmm. So you get yeah. some good flavors. Okay. So. Have you heard of the? Um, I'm going on a tangent. It's like the honey made from the dew of aphids, aphid honey. Have you ever heard of no, this? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So there's like a species of aphid that drinks sap, and then they create this this like sugar byproduct that honeybees will harvest off the back of the aphid, and then make a special honey. And apparently it's like a clear honey. Yeah, I think I have heard of it. I yeah. just didn't realize that's what it... It's like a real... Yeah, it's an aphid... It's basically like aphid poop honey. But oh. apparently it tastes very sweet and light and It'll be aphid delicate. poop and then bee throw up. Did yeah. you know that uh, yeah, honey right. is bee throw up? Yeah. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> it is. Yeah. just now got to that? That's <laughs> <laughs> they get to the hive, the forage bees, they spit it out and they give it to another bee and that bee sucks it in, puts it back in its gut. And so that whole process is actually how honey becomes honey. It gets bacteria from their gut. How many times do they do that? A bunch. When do they quit doing it? <laughs> All right, so uh, nectar is real high in moisture content, and honey is very low in moisture content. So when it's below 18.5% moisture content, it will not go bad as long as it gets sealed up. So, they, so that's what they're doing. So they're drawing the moisture down. They throw up into that honeycomb? Uh, well, actually, they'll throw up another bee's mouth first. Then they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll they do it back and, and forth. Do it back and forth. And then when do they put it in the honeycomb? As it starts getting down lower content, they'll put it in the honeycomb. Um, they can actually fan their wings over it and uh, get Poop. the moisture down. To they're trying to get the moisture off of it. Um, if it's not enough, then they'll suck it back up and spit it back out, and suck it back up and spit it back out. <laughs> like, they just keep going. These are weird. So. This has been one of my favorite shows we've ever had. Because it's lots of lots of fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go to your website. You've got to, so so to the my listeners. If you type in Bemis, just type in B E M I S, and you will get Tree Farm, and you will also get the Honey Farm. So be sure when you type in when you go to their website and you want to read about these guys, to be sure and know that they have two separate websites: Bemis Tree Farm, Bemis Honey Bee Farm. And then you can find out everything we're talking about today. I have so enjoyed today's interview with you. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Before we leave, though, I want to give Jeremy Bemis a U.S. and Arkansas flag. And you know I oh, should have given you. you a Michigan flag for your dad. Oh, yeah. He would have been all over that. I just want to say thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed it. And for our listeners, I just gave Jeremy a desk set with a U.S. and Arkansas flag. And I'm going to send him a Michigan flag for his dad also when I later reach out to the guys and i'm going to come out to your farm and, I, and gray i bet you go out on april yeah, for let's B-Day. Do it. i bet we do it's going to be fun be you'll good. have fun uh-huh. thank you again yep, no problem. in closing to our listeners thank you for spending time with us we hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it whatever it is will help you up your independence your business or your life i'm carrie mccoy and i'll see you next time on up in your business until then be brave and keep it up You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select Radio Show, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, email me, Gray, at gray at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream. Thank you.